0: Hi, and welcome to episode 22 of Unfolding Words, Why You'll Never Succeed at Holiness on Your Own. Every week I come to share a biblical truth that offers life for your walk and life for your soul. I'm your host, and Tracy Moorings. Today I'm tackling a subject that is not popular in today's Christian circles, definitely not popular in society overall. And if you do use this word holiness, Most people would consider you to be a part of some recluse religious sect, or you're a super saint if holiness is a hallmark of your life. Now, I grew up going to a holiness church, so this subject was talked about a lot uh, when I was growing up, but holiness that I knew was a manufactured holiness. So today I want to talk about holiness from God's point of view and what it really means to walk according to holiness. Now, I've been reading through the Bible in a year. I've mentioned that before on the podcast, and I did it last year. And when I got to the book of Leviticus, I had a whole new appreciation for this book that I once used to rush through. Like who really enjoys the book of Leviticus, right? But I've been a fan of it since I've heard a series of teachings from Jay Sklar on the subject. Jay Sklar did his doctoral studies. And he focused on the theology of sin, impurity, sacrifice, and atonement in the Old Testament sacrificial system. And he also wrote a commentary on the book of Leviticus. And what he shared was so fascinating that when I went back and read it again this year, I saw in a whole new light. I'll admit in times past, my eyes did glaze over with all the talk of sin offerings and how to kill animals and what offering was for what, but... Once you listen to Jay Sklar, his delivery may not be your cup of tea, but the information he shares is on point. So in the scheme of books, the book of Leviticus follows Exodus, which is the story of how God rescued Israel from slavery and set them free to serve him. Now, the whole premise of the book is God's holiness, the book of Leviticus, and how the children of Israel had to follow a laundry list of ritualistic guidelines to ensure that they were clean or pure to enter into God's presence, which was represented by the tabernacle in their midst. Now, what struck me is that they always had to be aware of their state of purity or impurity. Anything could turn their otherwise clean state into an unclean one, like touching a dead animal, giving birth, or something as simple as a skin rash. It was always the Israelites' responsibility to ensure that they returned back to a state where they could approach God. So this was a daily thing to know where you stood. In Leviticus 10, verses 10 and 11, it says, God says to Aaron, you are to distinguish between the holy and the common, and between the unclean and the clean, and you are to teach the people of Israel the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. It was a priest's duty to teach the people what was considered holy and what was not considered holy. Today, all of this seems a lost art. Political correctness has trampled over any talk of holy living, and the I'm going to do me mantra rules even in churches today. Now, Leviticus 10.10 says, and that you may make a distinction between the holy and the common and between the unclean and the clean. God is holy and nothing that comes short of his standard of holiness was to be permitted in his presence. Nothing ritually unclean could enter the sanctuary or its surrounding areas for it would defile it. So, as I mentioned earlier, it was the responsibility of the priest to make the distinction and to see that these laws were observed. Now, uncleanness could cover a wide variety of things and states. From differences between what could be eaten and what couldn't, what could be touched and what could not be touched, to bodily imperfections, discharges, uncleanness resulting from contact with death, and the list goes on and on and on there was a constant stress on the importance of king- keeping the sanctuary and its surrounding areas holies. And as I mentioned, this became a daily concern for the people, both physically and morally holiness comes from the Hebrew word. Kadosh, which means to cut. So to be holy means to cut off, to separate from everything else. It means to be in a class of your own distinct from anything that has ever existed or will ever exist. So, Holy means that it's used for a specific purpose. While mold administration and eating certain foods don't make us unclean, like in the days of the Old Testament, there are some things that do, namely what's in our hearts. Mark seven fourteen through 23, makes note of this. And it says, this is Jesus talking, and he called the people to him again and said to them, hear me, all of you. And understand there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? Since it enters not his heart, but his stomach and is expelled. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him for from within out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. So we see in the New Testament that there is a new standard for what is clean and unclean. And I wonder if we're mindful of this even today, like the people like the Israelites had to be in the Book of Leviticus. are we daily mindful of the state of our hearts? How mindful am I of the leprosy of slander that covers my heart or the flowing forth of pride that pushes out the holiness in my life? How many times have I come before God's presence full of all this uncleanness without a second thought? I shudder to even think. For the children of Israel, there was no way to escape impurity as they went about their normal tasks, They would inevitably fall into a state of uncleanness because they would have to bury their dead or there would be ministration for the women or someone would give birth. They would eventually have to go through the the rituals because of everyday life. This going back and forth between impurity and purity was something that was constant. It was bound to happen that they would find themselves in a state where they had to be made pure again. This is a heartbreaking picture of just how sin invades every aspect of our lives. Little regard for God's holiness can lead to harsh and deadly consequences, which we'll see in Leviticus 10. Aaron's sons were killed on the spot and dragged away for offering up unauthorized fire in the the tabernacle. Leviticus 10, 1 through 3 says, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Strange or unauthorized fire meant That fire, which was not prepared according to the directions given in Exodus 30, 34 through 38. God gave very specific and exact directions for how he wanted this fire offered up on the altar. Anything less would lead to death. And today we have this propensity to offer up to God that which falls below the standard of holiness, Our propensity to fall into a state of uncleanness is bound to happen because we live in a fallen world where sin exists. But the good news is that we don't have to go through a series of rituals like the Israelites did in the book of Leviticus. The blood of Jesus has already done the work, but we would do well to be aware of where our hearts are. We should be constantly examining ourselves to see where we stand with the Lord. Even more, we would do well to be aware of our attitudes about the state of our holiness or the lack thereof as we come into God's presence. It seems like a lot of work, even lofty work that may be unattainable for us. But God does not call us to do that which is not attainable. There's a quote by Elizabeth Elliot where she says, holiness is not an impossibility for any of us. It means, first of all, to be set apart as the vessels in the tabernacle were set apart or consecrated from ordinary vessels. For us to be holy means the will to do God's will. It means sacrifice, the offering up of my own will, which sometimes seems to me an impossibility, and the acceptance of his. He asks of us nothing which he himself was unwilling to do. So when God calls us to holiness, he's not calling us to jump hurdles that are impossible. But he is calling us to lay down our lives. Holiness is the essence of God's character, and it's also our inheritance and our calling. 1 Peter 1 verses 14 through 16 says, Obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he which has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. God is calling us to do something that is possible. We can be holy in this world. If you are a child of God, you can stand before him as righteous because the perfect righteousness of Jesus is credited to your personal account. That's the work that Jesus did on the cross for us. He credited righteousness to our account so we don't have to manufacture up holiness on our own. You are holy because you have been bought with the blood of Jesus and you are not your own. You cannot create holiness or behave your way into it. You can't dress holy. You can't modify your behavior so that you're holy. And then that's it. It doesn't just stop there. It's a team. God does a work of holiness in us. But we also do have to work out holiness as we walk through the world. To say you are holy means that you have been set apart by God for God's purpose. So your allegiance is no longer to the kingdom of your own success or happiness, but to the progress of God's kingdom. So when are you supposed to be holy? You're supposed to be holy every day and in everything that you do, wherever you are. Whoever you are and whatever you're doing, there's the opportunity to walk out holiness. You're called to holy living. So every thought, every desire, every word, every choice, every action must be done in a spirit of surrender to the commands of God. So the decision to walk in holiness is made up of. Everything that you do in your ordinary life, from what channels you choose to watch, to what music you listen to, to how you choose to spend your leisure time, all of this constitute your holiness. The children of Israel longed for a day when they would be delivered from the rituals of washing, from all of those sacrifices that they had to continually make to present themselves holy before God. They were waiting for that day, but we now live in that day. That day is a reality for us where we no longer have to take the animal sacrifice and do the ritual washings. Jesus laid down his life so that holiness would be ours each and every day. And as I mentioned, it's not a manufactured holiness. It's nothing that we can drum up, but it's one that's been granted through Jesus's death on the cross. So be mindful of guarding your hearts from the uncleanness of society and from society's cultures, and walk in holiness continually. Psalms 20 and 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So what we do to live out this verse is we face the Lord's holiness as we walk toward him in holiness, which is a wonderful picture of the relationship that God has afforded us through Christ Jesus. So he grants us a holiness, but we also have to come to him in holiness through the decisions that we make in our everyday life. May we never squander the holiness and the righteousness that was given to us by being careless in his presence. Thank you so much for joining me today. You can find me on Instagram at Unfolding Words, and you can access the show notes, which includes all the scripture links. And I'll also include a link to Jay Sklar's book on the book of Leviticus. You can find the show notes at unfoldingwords.com backslash podcast. May God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I'll see you next week. Grace and peace to you.